Hey guys, before we begin, we have an extremely important announcement which concerns the future of Yeah, It's That Bad World Headquarters. First things first, let me just get this out of the way right off the bat. Nothing's gonna change as far as the regular podcast is concerned. There will always be new episodes every Tuesday for you to enjoy freely. So if you are currently subscribed to the podcast, nothing is gonna change for you. But we are creating extra content for the show and these premium episodes will only be available at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com. So we've been trying to get this done for a very, very long time. And we didn't want to screw around. We wanted to do this legit. Yep. So we are officially a business right now. That's true. In the eyes of the government, uh-huh. we are officially a legitimate <laughs> business. <laughs> we, we, we got our Darwinian capitalist license. We did. Yeah, finally. <laughs> no, seriously, this is uh, no joke. Like We wanted to do this right to show you at home that we're taking this seriously and we want to do this show for as long as we possibly can in order to do that we need to have some money coming in because right now there's just money flying out (laughs) 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 and this is unsustainable for the moment the immediate goal at the moment now is to just recoup how much money I've spent on the podcast, which isn't that much. It's not a huge amount, right? I think, what, two, three million? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, for... <laughs> Bandwidth is expensive. Yeah. That's, yeah what, that's what NPR always tells me. Not, not only that, but our Yeah, satellite. I'm single-handedly funding the internet as a whole <laughs> to do this. Plus, we're broadcasting this from our satellite headquarters, which is in a geostationary orbit. Yeah, that satellite's not cheap. It definitely <laughs> costs a lot of money. So Rocket expensive. fuel is expensive. It costs a lot of money to get it up there. Yeah, so what I foresee as the future business model is we sell these things, make enough money to get back to even, and then from there, I would like to buy some new equipment so we can get out of Behringer land. <laughs> is that so much to ask for? I've grown to love Behringer. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I've actually grown to love to hate Baron. Yeah. To be honest with you. I want real mics. I want a real mixer. You know, real gear. Mm-hmm. I think the people at home would, would appreciate not having Behringer buzzing noises <laughs> in their ears. I also want to play a real game of Top Gear and Guilty Gear. Metal Gear? Yeah, I'll play some Metal Gear. Uh, we want to purchase a Metal Gear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. We want to purchase an atom, a magnetic rail gun that launches an atomic weapon in a suborbit. Okay, sure. That sounds feasible. <laughs> and in order to do that, we need donations. <laughs> That's what you should think of these things that we're selling here on the show. These bonus episodes, these t-shirts, they're like donations. Every time you give us a donation, we'll give you something in return. So you buy a t-shirt, we get a cut of that sale, and then in return, you'll get a shirt. You buy the premium episodes, we get a little cut of that, and you'll get new content. And Kevin, why should somebody download these premium episodes? What do they get? Well, not only are they going to get an extra movie review episode, but they're also going to get an After Dark episode bundled with that. Oh yeah, totally free. Gratis. So you're gonna get two episodes right there. Wait, Kevin, is anything censored in an After Dark episode? (laughs) (laughs) Why no, Martin? It is completely uncensored. Oh my god, I would pay one million, two million dollars to hear that kind of uncensored content. That doesn't come cheap, right? (laughs) No, but seriously, we've already have the latest episode available to download at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com. Or just come to yeahitsthatbad.com, and in this episode's show notes, you'll see a link to this latest episode, which is... The Last Airbender. M. 
Night Shyamalan returns to Yeah, It's That Bad to grace us with The Last <laughs> Airbender. Head on over to yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com and for the low, 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 low price of $2, you'll get a full-blown movie review and a full-blown episode of Yeah, It's That Bad After Dark, the bonus podcast where we let our hair down, kick up our heels, and talk about whatever we want. We don't have to talk about movies anymore. <laughs> We're unshackled, finally. We can fly free. <laughs> to celebrate us finally becoming legitimate businessmen, we're releasing a free episode of Yeah, It's That Bad After Dark this Thursday. And it'll be on the main feed for everyone to listen to. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. You get to hear all about Kevin's bachelor party and the hijinks that ensued. Yeah. But Kevin, what if I don't want to buy an episode? And what if I don't want to buy a t-shirt? But I still want to help YeahIt'sThatBad.com World Headquarters succeed world domination. What can I do? Head over to yeahitsthatbad.com and look for the donate button. And you can donate any amount that you want. A dollar, two dollars, two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice. Sky's the limit, right? Exactly. I have to say that the donate button has already been up on yeahitsthatbad.com and seven brave souls. The new patron saints to yeahitsthatbad.com. Literally, there are patrons <laughs> because they've donated to us. We didn't even ask for it, but they donated generously. And they are as follows. Marina Turnbull, Rosemary Gonzaga, Deborah Yellen, Miriam Meany, Olivia Steinbauer, Matthew Monast, and John Hatz. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for helping us out. We love you. Love you more than you could ever possibly imagine. I, I'm not going to say I love them. I've never met them, but I held You us. love their money. <laughs> Darwinian capitalist. <laughs> I mean, look, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I really, really, really like money. So if you don't want to buy the bonus episodes and you don't want to buy the t-shirts or you don't want to buy any of the other extra stuff that we do, you can always just donate any amount you'd like, just like these patron saints of ours, these seven high holy Are you saying that they're high deities. holy rollers? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll never forget them. They'll always be... <laughs> never forgive. Never forget. Oh yeah. I'm never going to forgive them for giving them money. How dare they? How dare they do this to me? How dare... They had no right. <laughs> Before we announced that you could donate to donate. Kevin, according to these, this paperwork, there's one more thing available to our dear listeners here at Yes That Bad World Headquarters. What could it be? Well, if they donate $50 or more, they get to sponsor an episode in the future, which is where they get to tell us what movie they want us to review. And it could be any movie. Yep. Except Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> For it I just, you draw the line, I would right? draw the line at Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> so $50 allows you to tell us any movie you want. That's all limits are off. It doesn't have to be rotten. It could be of any genre and from any decade, except from the future because it hasn't come out yet. And so we, we have to be able to get it somehow, right? By the way, that reminds me, the premium episodes that we're going to be selling at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com, they too do not have any of the restrictions that we put on the show. So people have always asked us to do Yeah, It's That Good to review a highly fresh movie. That's happening. Oh yeah, that's happening. Looking forward to that. Pirates of the Caribbean, mm -hmm. The Matrix, maybe even Lord of the Rings. I don't know. We're doing them. It's going to happen. Lord Kevin just sank like a stone. He doesn't want to do Lord of the Rings, which I means we really should like do them. That. I really like that movie, but I have so many friends that just can't stand do it. Do you want us to review Lord of the Rings? I hate those movies. I really like them. There you go. That would make for a great debate. But in order for us to do it, we got to see that people want this kind of content. So head on over to yesthatbad.com, purchase the latest premium episode, which is The Last Airbender, or just donate. Head on over to yesthatbad.com and click on the donate button. If you donate 
$50 and sponsor an episode, you can leave us a voicemail telling us exactly why you want us to review that movie and we will play it on the show. Or you could just send us an email telling us why you want us to watch this movie and we'll read it aloud on the show. So you'll have your day in court. Tell us what to do. Wait, what? <laughs> Are they being charged with a crime? I don't get it. Murder! <laughs> so as I mentioned before, we've already had some donors and two of them already breached the $50 threshold and they are as follows. Deborah Yellen and Miriam Meany. So please send us an email or call us. Leave us a voicemail. You can get the phone number for the voicemail at yesatbad.com. Call us up. Send us a message, whichever. Tell us, what movie do you want us to review? And in the future, we will do it. Okay, to recap, to download the latest premium podcast, which is The Last Airbender, head on over to yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com or go to yeahitsthatbad.com and you can click the link from this episode's show notes. Oh, and by the way, Kevin, did you know that we recorded a bonus episode for the movie In Time starring Justin Timberlake? Remember that? I do remember that. Vaguely remember that, right? Yes. Records show that only a few people have downloaded it. That's a shame. Yes, but I'm here to rectify that. If you go over to yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com, it's up there for free. Thank goodness. People need to know. <laughs> People need to know what's in that episode. So if you've never listened to that In Time episode, go head on over to yesthatbad.bandcamp.com, buy the latest premium episode, The Last Airbender, and while you're there, why don't you download the In Time episode for free for your troubles? Why not? That hey. was the birthplace of Darwinian capitalism. And no one's even listened to it. Wait, That's in the In outrage. Time episode, doesn't that feature super fresh beef, Justin Timberlake? It does. Oh yeah. I wouldn't want to miss that. And don't forget, you can buy t-shirts with the Yes That Bad logo on them. Head on over to yesthatbad.com. Click on the link at the top for the shop. Beefcake shirts coming soon, obviously. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to be releasing a free After Dark episode this Thursday. Stay tuned. That's going to be a good one. If you don't want to download the premium content or the t-shirts or anything like that, download a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't download a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can just donate. Head on over to yesthatbad.com and donate. And if you donate $50 or more. US, we, USD? Yeah, $50 US. We will... US 50. Yeah, US, yeah, Walther. <laughs> if you download $50 or more... If yeah, if, if you donate... <laughs> if you download $50... You wouldn't download $50. <laughs> Download t-shirts at $50, Mills. This is good. If you donate $50 or more, we're giving you carte blanche to pick a movie for us to review. As long as it's something we can get. Yeah, okay, that's there's, a good There's point. a little caveat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it can't be... It has to be on Netflix? It has to be on Netflix or something that we can easily get. That seems fair enough. Right. There you go. The future of Yes That Bad World Headquarters depends on you. Okay, this has been an extremely long <laughs> pitch. Let's finally begin the episode... The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are Ron and Ron Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2004's Saw, directed by James Wan, starring Carrie Elways, Danny Glover, Monica Potter, Michael Emerson, Ken Leung, Tobin Bell, and Lee Wan. Saw is a 2004 independent 
horror film. It currently holds a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Would you die to live? That's what two men, Adam and Gordon, have to ask themselves when they're paired up in a deadly situation. Abducted by a serial killer, they're both holed up in a prison constructed with such ingenuity that they may not be able to escape before their captors decide it's time to dismantle their bodies in his signature way. Attempting to break free may kill them too, but staying definitely will. Saw, what is your history with this? I'm a Saw virgin. This is the first time I've seen this movie. I'm shocked. That is shocking. You've Saw. never seen Saw? Seesaw? I haven't Seesaw. Sawn. I haven't Saw. I haven't Sean. <laughs> Sean of the Dead. I haven't seen Saw. There we go. Yeah, I saw this. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when it came out on DVD. I saw this in DVD. I've seen one, two, four, and the beginning of Saw 3D. So I've seen a couple of nothing. them. I've seen a couple of them, but I don't remember which ones I saw. Yeah. D- this movie series, you have to watch them all in order, right? Because they're all super hyper connected yeah. to each other. Yeah. And let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Carrie Always, the guy from The Princess Bride. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. What'd you think? He seemed kind of stiff to me. I thought he was piss poor in this. Yeah. Especially towards the end when he was yelling and screaming. He was unimpressive. This man's acting performance is a joke. It's <laughs> laughable. He is abysmal. I do not believe he cares about this character at all. I don't think he cares about this movie at all. Yeah, I didn't think this guy did a good job. I was not impressed by Carrie Always. Not at all. Next up, making his triumphant return to Yeah, It's That Bad, President Danny Glenn. Lover. <laughs> he had a secondary role in this movie, but for the time that he was in it, I thought he was okay. I, he wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible. And I think he his purpose in this movie was to just be a supporting character, and I think he did fine with it. I've come to the conclusion that I don't like Danny Glover as an actor. Yeah, I didn't think he was very strong here. What, I, what about as a person? What about as the video game Glover for Nintendo 64? That's a good question, Kevin. I'm going to redirect that at you. <laughs> so Danny that? Glover, no one cares? He, he wasn't very good. He wasn't as good as he was in... 2012? Night, no, in, in Night Train. Oh my god, that is a nightmare of a movie. I don't even want to think about that movie. Okay, next up, Tobin Bell, Jigsaw himself. He didn't really get to show off in this. No, he didn't talk at all, barely. What we got to hear from him were all like recorded tapes. Yeah. I know for a fact that this guy's good. In the other Saw movies, he's a good actor, but he doesn't really do anything in this one. No. You only get to see him at the end, and he doesn't really say anything. He doesn't really do anything. He just takes off his mask. Okay, Lee Wan. He was this other guy in the bathroom. He also wrote the screenplay for this. Oh, really? Yep. He was alright. I, I liked him. I didn't mind him. I liked him a lot. I thought he was fun. I don't think his acting was great, but I mean, in comparison to Gary Ellis. You see? Gary Jim Carrey? Is it Ellis or Ellis? E-L-W-E-S. I want to say it's Carrie Ellis. Carrie I've heard it say Elways. I don't know. Brett Favre. Yeah. Favre. In comparison to Gordon's character, I thought that he was pretty good. Anybody else you want to talk about? That's pretty much it. Everybody else in this movie is kind of a throwaway character. Not even worth talking about. Okay, so let's get into to the history of Saw, and I was shocked to see how much of a history this thing has. The screenplay was written in 2001, but after failed attempts to get the script produced in Juan and Wanell's Wait, Lee Wanell. I've been saying this guy's name wrong the entire time. I apologize. The screenplay was written in 2001, but after failed attempts to get the script produced in Juan and Wanell's home country, Australia, they were urged to travel to Los Angeles in order to help attract producers. They shot a low-budget short film from a scene out of the script. This proved successful in 2003 as producers from Evolution and Entertainment were immediately attached and also 
formed a horror genre production label, Twisted Pictures. The film was given a small budget and shot over a short schedule of 18 days. Wanell was working at a job he was unhappy with and began having migraines. Convinced it was a brain tumor, he went to a neurologist to have an MRI. And while sitting nervously in the waiting room, he thought, what if you were given the news that you had a tumor and were going to die soon? How would you react to that? He imagined the character Jigsaw having been given one or two years to live and combined with the idea of Jigsaw putting others in a literal version of the situation, but only giving them a few minutes to choose their fate. With a shooting budget of $700,000, Saw began principal photography on September 22, 2003 at Lacey Street Production Facility in LA for 18 days. The bathroom was the only set that had to be built. Danny Glover completed his scenes in two days. Due to the tight shooting schedule, Juan could not afford to shoot more than a couple of takes per actor. It was a really tough struggle for me. Every day, it was me fighting to get the shots I did not get. I had high aspirations, but there was only so much you can do. I wanted to make it in a very Hitchcockian style of filmmaking, but that style of filmmaking takes time to set up and so on. Juan said about the very short shooting schedule, he said the style instead ended up being more gritty and rough around the edges due to the lack of time and money that we had to shoot the movie with, and it ultimately became the aesthetic of the film. In post-production, Juan found he did not have enough shots or takes to work with as he was basically shooting rehearsals, having a lot of missing gaps in the final product. He and his editor created shots to mend together during editing, such as making a shot look like a surveillance camera feed and using still photographs. We did a lot of things to fill the gaps through the film. Whenever we cut to newspaper clippings and stuff like that, or we cut to surveillance cameras, or we cut to still photography within the film, which now people say, wow, it's such a cool experimental style of filmmaking. We really did that out of necessity to, to fill in gaps we did not get during filmmaking, he explained. So this movie had a total budget of about a million dollars. How much do you think it made worldwide? 65 mil. 85. $103 million. That's quite a payback. And it won a ton of awards, most importantly being Teen Choice Award for Choice Movie Screen Scene <laughs> and Choice Movie Thriller. That is the most important award. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, for those who have never seen this movie, I highly, highly, highly recommend you watch it first before you listen to this because we're going to spoil the hell out it's of gonna it. It's going to ruin the movie for you. Yeah, and this is one of those movies that's all built around a mystery and a secret, and you definitely want to see this fresh if you've never seen it before. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a puzzle, which is broken down by a jigsaw. You sound like Edward Nigma. Thank you. Okay, Saw. So this movie starts off a little differently than the typical, yes, yeah, that bad fashion. Yeah, it starts with an actual scene, which is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I was really caught off guard. Yeah, no uh, text or voiceover or flashback, black and white or anything like that. Yeah, it's not often that we're, we start in current day action immediately. <laughs> like, how often does that happen? Every movie, there's like some sort of build up or yeah. setup or yeah. flashback or something. Yeah, we're just dropped into this one. Good. It was interesting. You're, I had no idea what was going on when they set the scene up. From the first like five seconds of this film, it already demands your attention, I feel like. Because you see this guy wake up in a tub and you see something that's in the tub all of a sudden go down the drain. I thought it was in a giant toilet, to be honest with you. And that immediately shows you, like, you, you need to be paying attention. Like, something just happened, and that's probably really important. Are you trying to tell me that this isn't like the Amityville Horror? Exactly or, or like that. other horror movies? No, it's exactly like the Amityville Horror. <laughs> oh, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Catch him and kill him. So this guy climbs out of the tub, and we see that there's two guys in this, what is probably the dirtiest and dingiest <laughs> public restroom ever. This looks like the Port Authority on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. I've used worse. 
<laughs> so these two guys are their legs are chained to pipes in this terrible, horrible bathroom, and there's a dead guy laying in a pool of blood on the ground. Okay, so what's really cool about this scene is that you're essentially brought up to speed with what's going on through how they explore this room, and essentially they're they were captured, kidnapped, chained into this room. They're going through what they have, and they discover that their kidnapper has left them messages, and there's a dead guy in the center of the room who looks like he shot himself in the head. This movie has a lot of mystery right off the bat, right? A lot of intrigue. What's going on? How did they get into this room? Who put them there? Why are they chained to the wall? Do they have any relationship to each other? What's really cool about this movie is that I thought that I was getting into gore porn. I thought that there was going to be like a lot of, you know, really violent chopping body parts off and they were just going to be tortured the entire time. Yeah, this movie is that, I, credited for starting that wave of torture porn like this and Hostel. Which is weird because that's not what this movie was about. It's, it's, it's a mystery. It definitely becomes that as this series progresses. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, for sure. But this one, you're right. This one is actually it's, it's, a it's, plot. And <laughs> yeah, it has a plot and it has a mystery component to it that's enjoyable. How did you guys think about the way this movie was filmed? The way it looked? I was shot. It's interesting after hearing all that backstory because when I was watching it, it seemed very rushed. Like they didn't take the time to get it 100% perfect. Like they kind of got it 80% of what they wanted and they moved on. I thought it looked like a sci-fi channel movie. Like a TV movie. Yeah. To be completely honest, I'm in the critic camp. I thought that it looked rushed and hurried and gritty, but I thought that that was what they were going for. But I mean, after hearing the history of it, that's obviously not what they wanted. Yeah. So the characters introduce themselves to each other. You find out that one of them is a doctor and the other one is mysterious. Mystery man. The voyeur. Mario, you know a thing or two about that, right? Oh, uh, chill. That's my side business. We yeah. can't talk about that here. Professional voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> There's a link on yetsabad.com to my voyeur services. <laughs> In any case, they're talking to each other. They're trying to find a way to get themselves out of these shackles. And they're instructed to look around. And they find a turd heart on the side of a toilet. And Yeah, they have these, in, inside their pocket are these tapes. And the tapes tell them instructions. And the doctor's instructions are to kill the other guy in the room, Adam. And the message that they got was, follow your heart. And in one of the toilets where Diarrhea Man from the... Amityville Horror paid them a visit the night before <laughs> and that toilet was overflowing with poo-poo oh, yeah. and doo-doo. He dunked his hand in there like he was bobbing for apples. Like it was champ. Uh, he just totally jammed it in there and got doo-doo all over his hands. What do you think of this scene, Kevin? I mean, if you're gonna do it, you gotta just go all the way, right? You can't like daintily stick <laughs> yeah. your fingers in there. You just gotta stick it in and get the, it out. The best is like when he's like, you find anything in there? Nothing solid. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. The, the whole time I'm like, what are you doing? Go into the top first, dummy. Why would that be the First thing, did, your first did it drive either of you nuts when he didn't wash his hand off in the top part of it afterwards? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. That drove me yep. crazy. Swish it around in there. Get that... <laughs> Flush it. <laughs> I don't know. That bathroom was in a building that looked like it hasn't been frequented by a human being in 35 years. So Jigsaw had to import the poo-poo, huh? I think so. It looks like... No. Or is that his? <laughs> Reminds me of our few outings to McDonald's for lunch. When we were young men? Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even want to think about that. That was a nightmare. Imagine. <laughs> 50 young high school boys all lined up to go to the bathroom because we were doubled over with, I didn't want to think about McDonald's it. McDonald's Rhea. Yeah, there you go. There goes our sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it turns out that the doctor, he actually knows who put them in the trap. He actually had a close encounter with Detective President Danny Glover, <laughs> who, <laughs> who told him the dark secrets of uh, the Jigsaw Killer. Wouldn't it be President Detective? Not Detective President. Inspector Detective President Glover. Martin, why don't you tell the world who the Jigsaw Killer is for those who don't know? Danny Glover has been following a killer, Jigsaw, who essentially doesn't actually murder his victims. He specializes in setting them up in scenarios that's going to cause them to kill themselves. You know, when I saw this back in 2004, that really drew me in. I really like that gimmick. Yeah, me too. So he picks out his victims and he sets them up where it's going to show how they aren't living their lives in what he believes to be fulfilling ways. They don't take gratitude in the fact that they have life. So he sets them up in these bizarre situations with bizarre contraptions, really cool looking contraptions, actually. And they're just going to kill themselves. I like this gimmick a lot. That's like the famous quote from this movie, live or die, make your choice. And uh, some people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you, Martin. Not, not anymore. anymore. I mean, I can see where the comparisons, the very loose comparisons to Seven come in here because this is a guy seeing people not living their lives the way he thinks they should, and therefore he punishes them for that. You know what's interesting? When he did this, I kept flashing to Tyler Durden when he goes into the, the grocery clerk and points a gun at his face and tells him to become mm-hmm. a vet because he's not living his life in That's the way That's a pretty good point. That's another gritty movie. He's literally doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Gritty, dirty toilet it's, movie. It's, it's live or die. You either live the way I want you to live or the way I think you should live or I'll kill you. Well, we get to see a flashback of one of Jigsaw's victims and there's a guy who had a pretty successful life. He had a wife, he had a kid, but he tried to commit suicide as a cry for help mm-hmm. or for attention. So Jigsaw stripped him naked and put him in this razor wire maze. What do you think of this scene? I thought that this looked awesome. This guy, the way that they had his body set up on this razor wire, I thought it was really good. There, there is something about these scenes, these flashback scenes where it shows how Jigsaw has set up his, I guess, murder rooms essentially is what they are, right? <laughs> They're just rooms that are set up for the intent purpose of killing these people. There's a lot of fast motion. I, that drives moves. me crazy. It reminds me of certain scenes from Train Spotting where they're going through, yeah, but and, and also Requiem for a Dream where they, they do like this fast mo, fast motion, and it looks it looks kitschy to me. It looks kind of gimmicky and stupid. Yeah, these scenes where they, they, they show you how some of his former victims were killed when it's super fast-paced, super loud rock music. <laughs> it was like watching a really bad 90s music video. Yeah, that's a great point. And it, looks, yeah. it was super annoying. Down. It, it, it sounded like Trent Reznor did the soundtrack for this movie. I don't know if you came across that. In he now. did not. He did not. It's, it's all original stuff. Sounds like it. It sounds like they were listening to Further Down the Spiral when they were making this. Yeah, this stuff is irritating. It was like nails on a chalkboard for me. The other victim I really liked, it was a guy, again, stripped totally nude. <laughs> what's, going, what's going on here? <laughs> Jigsaw. And uh, he's stripped totally nude and he's slathered with some sort of flammable chemical. And there's glass shards all over the floor. There's a safe in the middle of the room with a candle on it. And the combination is written all over the walls. And he has like a minute or something to decipher it. Mm-hmm. But he has to use the candle to see the numbers and, and the candle might light himself on fire. This trap is impossible to get out. They're all they're almost all, impossible. They're all set up to be almost impossible to there get out. There was only one that was really possible to get out of. And that was the girl, yeah. the one that actually got out. Oh, uh, we come to find out that one person has actually escaped Jigsaw's traps and it's a woman who was like a drug addict. And why don't you explain her trap, Kevin? So she wakes up in this, what looks like almost like a dentist chair. She has this bear trap helmet on her head and a TV snaps on and there's Jigsaw. And a little puppet. A little Jigsaw puppet, which is it's pretty cool. I actually really like uh, the puppet. You like his, uh, Billy his, the puppet? Yeah. You like his little swirly cheek symbols on there? Yeah, it's different. It's interesting and it's scary. 
scary. It's pretty good. So anyway, Jigsaw explains, this thing is a bear trap basically, but it snaps open instead of snapping shut and it's attached to your jaw. So when this goes off and he shows her the example on a dummy head and it basically rips the dummy head in half. So he says, but there's a key to the to this thing and it's in that dead guy's stomach over there. So you gotta go cut it out of him. So she gets up from the chair and that pulls the timer and she only has what, like a minute? Yeah. So she has a minute. She, insane. She runs over to this body. She starts to go cut it open and all of a sudden his eyes open up and he's looking at her but he can't talk. He's like completely paralyzed but he's definitely still alive as she cuts into him, rips his stomach organs out and finds the key and unlocks it like just in time before the thing snaps open. What we find out from Danny Glover and from the other detectives is that he was over, he had an overdose of opiates and it didn't kill him but he didn't feel anything. Which begs the question, what was that guy's test? Why was he there? His test was to see if he could just hold a key in his stomach, not die. Right, that's a valid question, right? Yeah. This guy's a murderer and he's obsessed with setting up these situations where the people have to choose between Martin. living and dying. He's never murdered anybody. They're, he's obsessed with determining whether or not these people are going to make the decision to live. So I, I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that he just kidnapped this person for no reason. I mean, was his test to convince her not to do it? He couldn't speak. He was able to look at her. Barely. He could have spoken with his eyes. Oh, so his test was to make her kill herself by through her inaction? I guess so. Like, it already showed later in the movie that he doesn't know how much of a sedative to give these people because one of his victims woke up and he was like, oh, you woke up from my sedative. I have to give you more next time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think this guy really knows what he's doing. I mean, he's not. So we've been kind of rushed through three of his victims pretty early on in this movie, right? Yes. Did you like that? I did. I did. Because I want to know what happens with the people in the bathroom. The other stuff is just extra stuff, you know? In fact, for me, the best parts of the movie are all the bathroom stuff and the stuff that takes place outside of the bathroom is not so hot, in my opinion. I feel the other way, actually. I think that the what progresses the story in this movie and what lets me learn about the characters in the bathroom is the stuff that's happening outside of it. It's a vehicle for me to understand who these people are. I like how they're fast, though, because it's giving me information that I need to understand who, you know, more about these characters, and it's done in at a pace that I don't think is too much. It's giving me a lot of cool stuff, and if they took a really long time setting it up, it, it would be like a movie about these contraptions, and I didn't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, so, so I, I asked it because this is unusual, right? We don't usually have serial killer tales where we get the Cliff Notes version of their victims. We usually are kind of slowly walk through it, like think of Seven or something like that. Yes. Right, right. So this is different, but yeah, I mean, it was nice that like, this movie had such a really crisp pace for the first half of it. It did. As they were moving through this stuff. Yeah, I was enjoying was this really movie. Nice. In yeah. the beginning, I was enjoying this movie. It's This movie definitely feels different than the usual horror movie stuff mm-hmm. that we usually watch around these parts. Okay, so as you mentioned before, they popped open the toilet and they found a little surprise inside. It was two hacksaws. Their initial idea was to use them to saw through the chains. But what happened? Since the one guy's saw just snapped. I mean, this, these saws are not made to go through steel. Yeah, they look like dollar store saws, you know? 99 cents. These, these stores would have trouble cutting through a piece of soft pine <laughs> two by four. Yeah, why these guys thought that they could saw through those chains? Man, I don't know. Desperate times, man. I guess so. But it turns out Jigsaw doesn't want them to cut through the chains. He wants them to slice off their foot. Which is even more ridiculous because if these saws can't cut through those chains, it's going to have a harder time cutting through your leg bone. Hey, man, 127 hours. That guy could do it. With a pocket knife. With a pocket knife, and he had to snap his bone in half, so he was just cutting through the flesh. You're going to hacksaw through a bone? That's why they have such a thing called bone saw. It's around this part of the movie where we get a lot of backstory on the two guys in the room. We find out that the doctor, he was, he's an oncologist, and he's overlooking a cancer patient, and orderly comes in and is talking to him. 
all this stuff is going on. There's hints of a extramarital affair. Infidelity? Yeah. A doctor? Shocking. That makes a lot of money <laughs> and doesn't spend a lot of time with his wife? I don't believe it. This is unbelievable. And the other guy, he is like a private detective sort of guy. He goes around taking pictures of people, cheating on their wives, and he sells them. We see Dr. Gordon at home with his family. His beeper goes off. He's like, I gotta go to work. His daughter's like, there's a bad man in my room. Goes in there. There's no man to be to be found. So he just walks out, but I think there might have been a man in the room. I started laughing when this guy <laughs> burst out of the closet and grabbed that little kid. <laughs> I thought that was funny the way it looked. Because he was like in a sheet, right? Like, like a ghost. <laughs> He's standing there in a sheet sorry, in was, the middle was, of the room. There was two shots in this scene that were hilarious. The first shot was of his eye as the door's opening up. <laughs> oh, I yeah. cackled like a madman when they showed that. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it looked like he was dressed up as a Halloween ghost. Yeah. <laughs> the mom opens up the door and he's just standing there in the sheet for well, it felt like 30 seconds it before, looked like, it before looked he, like he was forward. Yeah. He was leaning over like he was tickling her. <laughs> Boo! Like he was tickling her to capture her. And then the scene ends. It doesn't show how he captured them. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I have to say it, but my mind immediately went to Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so this whole time, we come to find out that Danny Glover has turned into a creepy voyeur. This movie's leading me to believe that Danny Glover is the jigsaw killer. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. We jump around a lot in time here, and you don't really know where you are sometimes for a little while. Yeah. Like, when we see Danny Glover the maniac, I'm like, what's going on? He just he went crazy that soon? Yeah. Because we had just seen him previously as a detective working these cases, and now all of a sudden he's this lunatic. Hobo, homeless guy, yeah. Yeah. That's, he knows he's got a house. They, they didn't do a good job with that, I didn't think. I, I was, I've seen this movie before and I was like wait what's going on when did he go crazy well we come to find out why he went crazy because him and his partner who was that guy from Lost yeah that guy I don't remember his name as Kevin kept screaming that guy from Lost (laughs) they find this dirty dilapidated warehouse which is where Jigsaw has his home base yeah they were looking at the video from the girl with the helmet and they saw what a gang symbol or something yeah yeah they're like this gang's the K2 gang K2 snowboards (laughs) (laughs) they're they're greedy. It's only four blocks. That gang what? sucks. That yeah. gang sucks. They have, they have to be in this one warehouse. <laughs> Find out which warehouse has had fire alarms. I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, whatever. So they get to this warehouse. Yeah, they, they, they discover Jigsaw World Headquarters. They just bust I was in. literally going to say that exact same thing. I was waiting to say it. You there you bastard. go. Stole it from you. They just burst in. The one guy's like, should we get a warrant? Danny Glover's like, nah. Nah. nah Warrants are for babies. Yeah, Let's go. I was in Lethal Weapon. Let's do this. I actually like this scene a lot when they go into Jigsaw's lair and they find all his accoutrements of murder and mayhem. They're throwing the tarps up and they find the puppet and they throw over one more tarp. And what do they find? But a guy in a trap. It's also cool because they lift up a tarp and they see a diorama of the, the bathroom, bathroom, which is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So he's planning ahead. With he's, he's a schemer for certain. Are you saying that these murders are premeditated, Kevin? I think, I think they are. So while they find this guy strapped in this drill chair. Chair. Yeah, these these two drills are slowly going to move into his temples and kill him. Jigsaw shows up. He comes home. Yeah, honey, I'm home. Somehow these two cops botched this. They have, they blew it. They, they have a pistol and, and a shotgun pointed at this yeah, guy. Yeah, they got a Taurus judge, a pocket full of shells. What and... was the point of them like hiding out and, and dumping out and surprising him? Like, Boo! Why did they do this? What we want to see say? We want to see who he is. You can see who he is after you shoot him. It was so <laughs> frustrating. It? it was just, just arrest 
him. He's, he, you he's have not guns. He's not a wizard where he or, or a Jedi where he disappears after he dies. Well, to be fair, like, he was wearing a cloak like a Jedi. Uh, so it, you're right. He, Maybe Danny Glover was scared after they kill him. He would just they may fade have thought into he nothing. had magic powers. <laughs> what I liked about this scene with the cops though is that when Jigsaw is running around, he gets the upper hand on them and he turns on the trap with the guy in it. And he's like, "Hey, make your choice. Either you catch me, or you save this guy's life. What's it gonna be? It's a pretty good test. I like that. And then as they're running around trying to catch Jigsaw, the guy from Lost, he hits some trip wires. He gets a full shotgun blast to the top of his head. He gets a full seven shotgun blast. Loved it. 7,000 gun salute. His head exploded. His head blew up. <laughs> and Danny Glover gets a knife to the throat. Yes. He survives that. I don't know how he survived He that. has no business surviving that, that no, injury. He didn't. But that's what made him a, a lunatic psychopath, right? Hey, yeah. look, if you're a cop and you stumble upon something like that and you survive, I, I understand going insane. That That is absurd what they stumbled upon. Yeah. The movie was starting to lose me around this time. Why? For a movie that was so fast-paced early on, it really started to drag, and it started getting into this whole, like, how did we get here mystery? And at them going back and racking their brains of how they got there and trying to remember, who cares? How does that, <laughs> why does that matter? You're chained in this room, you gotta get out. Why does it matter how the hell you got there? Because they had a 10-minute short film, they needed to pad it out to 90 minutes? They I had guess. to know. They just I, had to know. They could have talked about it later. Well, when they got out? Yeah. <laughs> Let's focus on getting out instead of, like, piecing your, your memory back together. Well, what do you do? You're in that situation, right? Do you work with the other guy? Especially, I would have killed him immediately. Yeah? And that's not... I'm not even joking. I would have killed him immediately. Kevin, you're a cold-blooded killer. Someone's got my wife and kid and says, I'm going to kill them and you if you don't kill that guy across the, the room from you. That guy's dead in five minutes. But he had nothing to kill him with. Would you bide your time? Gain his trust? He he had a bullet. Would you, Joe, bide his time? With what? What, is he going to flick it at him? He didn't have the gun, though. It was on the other side of the room. The gun. It was in the middle of the room. He could have gotten it. No, that that all that crap was closer to Adam, and it was perfectly situated in such a way that it was difficult for him to get it. Plus, once he starts going for the gun, Adam's going to realize that he's going for the gun, and he's going to try and get it. Well, I would have dipped that cigarette in the poison and thrown it to him. That here, smoke up, brah. Might not have actually been poisoned. Now we see Kevin's true colors: cold blooded, methodical killer. My wife and kids Kevin, are going to be murdered. I think your wife and kid would understand you it, taking the moral high ground. Yeah. They'll yeah. understand. In fact, your wife will be super disappointed There's to know that you're a killer. A stranger I've never met before versus my wife and kid. Murderer. No question. Yeah. You're, you're a murderer. No question. No, I, I don't even know if I can continue this podcast. We're going to have to have an emergency yes at bed meeting to oust this killer from our ranks. <laughs> I, I Hands in, everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know how to talk to you anymore. You're cold-blooded killer. So, you, so what would you have done? I would have killed myself and not played the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the worst possible outcome. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> playing your game, Jigsaw. I put a bullet in my own head. <laughs> I would have saved up my farts for half an hour and ripped a big, loud one and drank the blood and just died. The blood from your fart? <laughs> no, 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 no. The blood. Yes. That's what I inferred. 1,000%. <laughs> I'd save up my fart so hard and then that when I farted, my it, ass explodes, then I drink the blood and die of iron poisoning. <laughs> I think there's better ways to do that. No, 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 no. I was insinuating that I would drink the blood this guy. and my farts would have been saved up so I, when I die, it's comedic because I let out a big fart. Yeah, the I other died. guy would have died laughing. <laughs> no, you would have had something funny to laugh at, you know? Yeah, really live in the mood. I don't want him to get all upset. Um, oh, I would have dunked my head in the diarrhea toilet and drank it and died of 
dysentery or whoever. That's not as funny. Thoughts, Kevin? How about I can't believe I'm the one who's being told he's the weirdo here. Yeah, How about what a loser. How about this? You're a loser. How about this? <laughs> God damn you, Jigsaw! Oh, that was the worst line reading of my life. <laughs> that was that was a great scene. Yeah, when he started, when Carrie Elway started screaming at the top of his lungs, something inside me died. <laughs> like something shriveled inside me and died. I laughed so hard when he screamed, God damn you, Jigsaw, and let out this buffoonish yell. He was just like, <laughs> Yeah, you see an actor's true colors when they have to start yelling to the heavens, right? <laughs> it was it, it, it was comical. It was not believable. You this... put a Michael Sheen in there or a Gary Oldman, you'd have been in tears, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would have totally believed that they were in distress. Mortal, mortal peril. Mortal peril. And or mortal pain. combat, either or. <laughs> yeah, they're also in mortal combat. <laughs> Fast forwarding to the end here, Jigsaw told the doctor that he has till six o'clock to kill the other guy in the room. Catch him, kill him. (laughs) 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 Exactly. (laughs) Those are his exact words. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Yeah, so six (laughs) o'clock. Six o' chalk. <laughs> I thought you just said shush or shawl. Six o' chalk. Yeah. So six o'clock hits and it's time the doctor lost. So they said they were going to kill his family. So this whole time we're led to believe that Jigsaw Killer is this orderly that was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. This guy's Zep. Yep. And when I first saw this movie, I totally thought that guy was a Jigsaw Killer. I bought it hook, line, and stinker. Yep. Well, he goes into the doctor's apartment and he goes to murder the wife. But the wife gets the upper hand. She looks like she weighs 20 pounds and she wrestles this gun out of this guy's hand. He wrestles his tourist judge away, <laughs> which, you know, a man is not a man without a tourist judge. I think every time I see a gun now in a movie, it's automatically a tourist judge. Yeah, thanks, Max Payne. But yeah, she wrestles the gun away. They fight to death. Danny all, Glover appears. All, all the while, this guy's on the phone. Dr. Gordon is listening to this fight. I did like that, phone. though. He started weeping like a weak, weak man. My note is Doc is a giant crybaby. Yeah. <laughs> he, this man's a crybaby baby while his wife is and child are murdered. That makes him a crybaby in, in my book. Infinite baby. Look, he had the most ridiculous and unbelievable line reading in this scene where he screams, is that you, you bastard? Allie? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's he's going from like this extreme of like infinite despair to <laughs> Allie? Is that you? Horrible. Like, I, he, what a bad actor. Yeah, well, Danny Glover appears, <laughs> saves the day as he is wont to do, gets a bullet in his butt. <laughs> I think. You want a bullet in your butt? Yeah, that's what he says to him when he when he barges in. Yeah, but the wife gets the upper hand, right? She gets away. Yeah, she runs away to like a neighbor's or something. And we see this really laughably bad scene where Danny Glover is chasing the killer in his car. Oh my god. It's shot terribly. And now I under- I feel a little more lenient now that I read that history, but when I saw it, I was like, this is garbage. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the motorcycle scenes from <laughs> Ghost Rider 2. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. without the crazy cage face. But with the fast forward. It's yeah. like the Benny Hill show or something, like a super fast <laughs> motion. <laughs> <and> their heads <laughs> are waggling back and <laughs> forth <laughs> while they're driving. <laughs> yeah, like the, the cars are in aren't moving at all, but like the backgrounds are zooming at the speed of light. 
It was garbage. But the killer leads Danny Glover on a merry chase back to the warehouse, warehouse that has the dirty toilet in it. And and it looks like Danny Glover's going to save the day. Yeah. But unfortunately, they get into a, another wrestle fight with a gun. This happens. Tickle fight. They yeah, get into a huge, fight. a huge tickle fight. And the gun goes off killing Danny Glover. Yeah, the way it goes off is really comical. It's like he, he shoots himself. It, yeah, blatantly shoots himself. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. Dr. Gordon has completely lost his mind. He thinks his wife and kids are dead. This I liked. He, he lost his cool. Oh, yeah. He loses it. That would have been Kevin, I he guess. He cuts through his leg. I, so so far, I'm with this idea. I think that this is really cool. But then the way they show it, I, I don't know if anybody who's listening to this has seen Tim and Eric in the way that they show over-the-top gore, but this was Tim and Eric. It was it was funny. The way that they showed this, I was laughing. Why? What about it? It didn't look real to me. It looked so over-the-top. It was it was ridiculous. I'm not with you there. I yeah, liked it a lot. I, I thought it was extremely real, and I like felt queasy watching this. Really? Gun? I, I, gun. <laughs> Blood doesn't, <laughs> gun doesn't shoot out like that. <laughs> no, blood doesn't shoot out of somebody's leg like a fire hose. I don't know. It got to me. It looked really good to me. What, you guys have never sawed a leg off before? My significant other got up and left. Yeah, she couldn't take yeah, it? Yeah, she wanted no part of that. What'd she say? She just walked off. What a weak, weak, weak. Man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he cuts his leg off, right? And and then he dives for the gun in the middle of the room because he's going to yeah. kill Adam. He's going to shoot him dead to right. fulfill the prophecy. <laughs> Prophecy? Yeah, it was foretold <laughs> eons ago that when the moon was full, he had to kill somebody. <laughs> So he ties the tourniquet off, cuts his leg off, gets the gun, shoots Adam. Yeah, and then the killer, the killer arrives into the bathroom and he says, "Hey, too late, buddy. Time's up. I'm gonna kill you. I have you no choice. Shot. You you didn't. Yeah, you didn't play by the rules." Then we get a big surprise. Adam not dead. is not dead. He stands up and kills this killer. Death by toilet. He beats him to death with the toilet lid. He would have made the Boondock Saints proud. I was thinking the exact same thing. This is the same way that the Boondock Saints took out. Well. He didn't rip the toilet off the floor and threw and it, throw it on his head, but he did the next best thing. He used yeah, that. death by toilet. I'm really pleased to see that. It was pretty good. It's been a while since I saw a good death by toilet. Yeah, so uh, Carrie always, he's like, I'm out of here, bro. See you later. And he shambles out of there. He crawls out of there. Yeah, he's, he's crawling in his skin because his wounds, they will not heal. But when Carrie always leaves the room, one last plot twist. Adam goes over to Zep, the killer, fishes in his pockets, and he finds another another tape recorder and he plays it and if we come to find out that that's not the killer at all he's another one of Jigsaw's victims yep. and his game was to set up all these traps and keep the doctor's wife hostage he had to do that or else he'd get killed he was poisoned right right yeah. shocking twist and at this point like the music is really swelling and what would eventually become the Saw theme song is played for the very first time I love this song I think it's really cool it really matches the scene it's really exciting and who we thought was a dead body in the middle of the floor shocking plot twist he gets up Yep. And it turns out that's Jigsaw all along. He was in the room with him the entire time. Uh-huh. What do you guys think of this twist? It really got me. I thought it was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I remember thinking it was awesome the first time I saw this. I just love the way it's just quick cutting to all the stuff that happened in the past. Yeah. And that's a staple of these movies. They always do that now where they play this theme song and we watch the entire movie played in fast forward and we see all the twists. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time they did it and it's really cool. And I remember it really surprised me back in 2004 or five, whenever the hell I saw it. And he's like, hey buddy, he did those change. It's in the 
tub. The whole time. Yeah, he flushed him down the tub. Yeah. And then he says uh, a famous line. He says, game over. And you may not know this, but someone in all the subsequent movies says that at the mm. end of them. I guess watching this for the second time, how did they not notice the guy breathing? I assume that he drugged himself. Same here. I assume that he did that opiate thing Was to himself. Was he not breathing? He had to be breathing. He might have been breathing so shallowly. Yeah, they would have noticed. They wouldn't have noticed. I don't know. Plus, they were too busy with their own BS. How did we get here? Who am I? Yeah, they were having identity crises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> yeah, they're having an existential nightmare. What, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this twist ending. It was funny because I was writing on a three during this viewing, but this ending pushed it to a four for me. I love this ending. I just, great. It, it works so well for me. I was I was like, yeah, I had a big smile on my face. I was like, this is really great. And when Jigsaw leaves, he slams the door on that guy and there's no redemption for him. That's it. He's done. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys don't know this, but I do know that in the subsequent movies, they revisit this bathroom. Like other events take place in here and like the bodies are still there. Mm. So that's kind of cool continuity. Yeah. So that was Saw. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. Saw has art house ambitions, but it's nothing but a glorified snuff film. I despise this movie. Richard Roper, Ebert and Roper. The internet film geeks are salivating over this one, but humans who live above ground, including horror fans, will find themselves only fitfully entertained and more consistently appalled. Desson Thomas, Washington Post. Calling out anonymous like that, it's not good. And finally, an efficiently made thriller, cheerfully gruesome, and finally, not quite worth the ordeal it puts us through. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? Absolutely not. This movie, especially viewing it for the first time and getting that full effect of trying to figure out who this killer was, had me entertained the entire way through. I liked the way it was told. The acting was horrendous, and I, I can't get around that. But it, 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 it didn't matter because the vehicle of the movie was the story, and it didn't really need dialogue. So I can leave that alone. I don't have to think about it. This movie was really, really entertaining. I really liked it. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. I think the first time I saw this, I probably would have given it a four out of five. I'm not sure the four, I'm not sure the five system existed at, existed the time? at that time. Oh, those are dark days. But I think I would have given it a four out of five. Watching it the second time, I was mostly at a two. I just, I was bored for a lot of it. Yeah. And I get, knowing the ending really, really takes away a lot of the pleasure of watching this movie. But I'm going to go with a three out of five. And I think it's because of hearing of why they made a lot of the choices they made made, like the way they shot some of the things, like I thought it was stupid, but apparently their hands were tied. It was out of their control, really. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for some of that stuff that was really stupid and annoying. And I'm going to say that that was out of their control. And I'm going to go with a three out of five. I mean, this is a, it's a decent movie for what it is. Oh, what did your wife give it? She gave it a five out of five, right? She didn't like it. I don't know what she would have given it. Probably a one. She, five gave, out of five. she gave the leg cutting off scene a five out of five. Yeah. As for me, it's really that bad. No, I enjoyed this movie. Like I said, again, I was kind of teeter tottering between the two and the three the first time. And I agree with Kevin, knowing who the killer is does detract a little from this movie, but I just love the ideas of this movie. I love the concepts that are in it. I love the idea of a killer who forces people to go through these tests, and by going through these tests, it kind of changes their lives for the better. I guess that's what's supposed to be happening here. That's a cool idea. Like, he helped me. That's what she says after she goes through the test. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's a really cool idea. So, the ideas alone will bring it up to a three. I didn't like the way this movie was shot. I agree with you. It looked cheap and cheesy, but again, knowing that behind-the-scenes stuff 
absolutely does help. Mm-hmm. That this movie was shot on one one hundredth of the budget of some of the really crappy movies we've seen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, th- that has to be taken into account, right? I mean, it's an independent movie. They said it at the top. It's like an indie movie, really. They did. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take that into account. What they did was unbelievable with what they had to work with. And there's no way in hell these people knew what they had in their hands that this has become this huge phenomenon. No, no way. I don't think anybody could have predicted this. And as I was saying before, it's the ending that really bumped it up for me. I just really like it. And I really love that theme song mm-hmm. that's in this movie. Love it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a four. I think this is the first four I've given a movie since Constantine. That's like 50 weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, what a streak we've been on. It's a good palate cleanser, though. Yeah, it's nice. Nice to see an actual movie. So, okay, let's read some listener mail. Greg writes in and says, Hey guys, I heard that you were reviewing Saw next, so I thought I'd share my checkered past with the film. I was a little late to the party and I didn't see this film until it had already been out for a couple of years. Well, I thought it was a pretty clever horror movie. My experience was tarnished by the fact that I already knew the final oh my god moment that ends the film. If this hasn't already been asked, I don't remember. I wanted to hear your thoughts on spoiler etiquette, so to speak. Are there any movies that come to mind that were spoiled for you? The Village was spoiled for me. Yeah, The Village was spoiled for me yeah? as well. Yeah. Two different jackasses spoiled Orphan and The Grey on Facebook in their Facebook feed. They had to complain about the ending and flat out spoil it. So I got rid of them. <laughs> Unfriended. Huh? Yeah, drop the hammer on that one. Wow. For me, it's the same as Kevin. The Village was probably the biggest movie that was spoiled for me. It was the, You know what? It was two M. Night Shyamalan movies. It was The Village and Signs. They were both spoiled for me. Signs was not that big a deal. You have spoiler etiquette? I'm the worst with spoiler etiquette. I, I have none. Yeah, I have a terrible Martin spoiler story. Oh, yeah? Which still burns, really, really chaps my ass Has to this he been day. unfriended? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually did unfriend Martin, but he for a, a different reason altogether. <laughs> You can. I can unfriend you now. I mean, I can refriend you now. No, I'm not. I'm not unfriended. I'm just off your feed. I unfriended him. <laughs> That's not true. I'm still your friend on Facebook. So, Kevin, get this story. I was showing the mist to Martin's brother, and then Martin walks into the room, and he goes, "Yeah, isn't this that movie?" And then me and Martin's brother just looked like at that. each other like this yokel just <laughs> spoiled this movie. So we turned the movie off and walked out in a huff. That actually did happen. Wait, was that the first time either of you had seen it? I had seen it already, but I was trying to show it to someone who's never seen it before. Wow. And Martin walks into the room wow. and literally spoils it word for word. Hey, isn't this the movie where this and this and this and this happened? This is a true story. How do you live with yourself? It's hard. One day at a time. Wow. Unless someone actually asks me to talk about an ending to a movie, I'm not going to say anything about it. I have a very strict spoiler policies. I don't... I be, I'm be. i very vague with it. Like, with you, you're watching Breaking Bad right now. Yeah, and you're, you're on your tip toes talking yeah, about Yeah, I'm it. like on eggshells. I always ask questions like, okay, what happened? What's going on? So I don't accidentally say, Ern, this guy farted to death. <laughs> I would never spoil something like that. No, look, in the past year, I've revamped how I talk about certain things that are spoiler-related. Your spoiler policies? Have- yeah, it's been drafted. I'll put it that way, because I didn't have one before. We're having the, yes, yeah, a bad legal team review it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Putting all sorts of loopholes in it, <laughs> just for you. Just, just, just so I can get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, the reason that I did that is because I finally got burned myself. You know what I gotta stop doing? I gotta stop saying to people, yeah, go ahead, tell me the ending. I'm never gonna see this movie. That and then I always end up seeing yeah. it. And then I always say, damn, I wish I didn't know how this ended. I do that all the time. Mm. Okay, Hazel writes in and says, you guys have cursed my cup. Not one week after listening to your, your Batman... Cup? Yeah, not one week after listening
listening to your Batman Forever podcast, did my one-of-a-kind Robin mug slip from my hands and shatter into three trillion pieces <laughs> on the floor. You Turned could, into like a breathable <laughs> dust. <laughs> yeah, just breathing in glass powder. <laughs> you guys will have to answer to my children as to why they will never understand the significance Chris O'Donnell had on our culture. This cup survived 17 years only to be assassinated by your podcast. Martin, you seem very uh, pensive about this. Uh, I'm not going to have trouble sleeping tonight, that's for sure. Nice. Well, Kevin just recently unearthed his cups. Yeah, I got two Batmans and a Robin, so I'm set. <laughs> I'm set for the apocalypse. Whatever that day comes. <laughs> his children will understand the true meaning of Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. The legend will live on. Yeah, yeah. all right. Gavin writes in and says, I love the podcast. It's a real breath of fresh air and movie fandom podcast in that there is a structure and intellectual humor. And he spelled humor with a U, Kevin. Intellectual humor? With a U, Kevin. So he's from across the pond is what you're saying? Intellectual as in fart humor? You ain't just some pretend geeks who hit the record button and left acres of silence. You're all tight and to the point. Martin's real tight. (laughs) Okay, that sounds overly erotic. I love the Batman Forever episode and wondered if you were aware of an incident with a film reviewer here in the UK that almost cost him his job. Reviewer Jonathan Ross, who you may have seen tear Kevin Smith a new one on UK YouTube clips, made a bet with fellow critic Paul Gambassini about whose review would get on the UK poster for Forever. Ross thought that only the most favorable review would do and so ended his newspaper column on Batman Forever by writing, This is the best film ever made. (laughs) No joke, Warner Brothers stuck his quote on every poster in British movie theaters and all over the UK video release. Anyway, thought I'd share that. Love the show. Dennis Quaid to the max. Andrew writes in and says, Hey guys, I have some personal questions for the panel. Question one, have any of you ever done drugs? If so, what drugs? And who has done the most drugs? Question two, how often do you have sex? Question three, what is your favorite Dennis Quaid movie? And when can I expect a new bonus episode? Thanks for the laughs. I'm going to go stop typing and listen to my answer. All right, we're going to have to break this down point by point. Number one, who's done the most drugs? I took some antibiotics last Last week. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. What kind of drugs are you talking about? You're talking about recreational drugs? I assume prescription. Yeah. I thought you meant like the doctor gave them to you. Yeah. Either way, it's me. Yeah. I mean, I, I take I take antibiotics whenever they're prescribed, which is infrequently. Okay. Uh, how often do you have sex? And does he mean with each other? How often do we have sex with each other? <laughs> well, it's once a week. Yeah, no, it is you, once a week. Yes. Right. It's, Before it's, every <laughs> podcast, we warm up by having <laughs> Greco-Roman sex. And then after, well, <laughs> no, because because occasionally we do two podcasts. So sometimes if there's a bonus episode, we'll have bonus sex before. <laughs> Do the bonus episode. Yeah, we have to have Yes at Bed World Headquarters <laughs> official fluffer comes in to get us. Yeah, they, they s- and yeah, it's that bad. Yeah, it's the, the worst sex is ever. horrible. I, I don't know why we keep doing it. <laughs> it really just dejects us. It really makes us really sad. I feel happy, sad. I feel really, I feel really shameful about my body and yours specifically. <laughs> I feel like I can't satisfy anyone. I feel bad about myself. Let's just say that it leaves a bad taste in my mouth in more ways than one. <laughs> The smell is horrendous. <laughs> it already smells bad here to begin with, and it's 97 degrees. <laughs> we gotta stop doing this. That's why it's so hot in here to begin with, is because we've had really, <laughs> really right. hot uh- sex. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Dennis Quaid movie? Inner Space. It's not even hard. That's got a Martin Short in it. I 
like the rookie. Maybe in good company? Maybe. That's a question to ponder for the ages, I think. Quaid is at his full beefness, full beef levels in inner space. You Pat- sink your teeth in that. Patrick writes in and says, yeah, it's that bad legend Saint Nicholas Cage is going to be acting opposite Christian Bale in Tesla, ruler of the world. The big question is, who will be acting circles around who? Which one of these astronomical actors will take a titanic turbulent tumble when they go head to head? What are the odds on Bale decking Cage Whoa. on set? That's like a 99 percentile. Yeah. Stone cold lock. <laughs> Bale's a bit of a hothead, right? Yep. And Cage, it's a bit of a joker. Yeah. Yeah, Bale is super serious and Cage is off the effing rails. Oh, man. To be a fly on the wall on that set, right? That's, I guarantee that the, the backstage stuff is going to be... Some, something's going to leak, right? More entertaining clips. than whatever they're, that movie's going to be. After that movie is over, they're going to be forced by the movie's legal team to sign <laughs> non-disclosure <laughs> agreements about what happened on set. Okay, Susie writes in and says, Hey guys, you are pretty hysterical. I've been working at an internship this summer, which has literally been the worst time of my life. So boring, so terrible. Anyway, during these dark times, I downloaded Stitcher and stumbled upon your podcast, which can be found at yesthatbad.stitcher.com. I have never laughed so hard. I will be sitting in my cubicle listening to you and everyone glares at me as I shake with laughter. Anyway, I would like to suggest you do more reviews on horror films. The number 27 was by far my favorite episode of yours. I consistently tell my friends about your podcast and always find myself repeating lines from the show. I think it is because making fun of how stupid and not scary horror movies can be is always funny, more so than trying to make fun of a rom-com. Also, listening to your podcast has made me think about taking up one myself with some friends. Do you have any suggestions on how to get started or how you guys got started? I would love to know more Yes That Bad history. Thanks for the laughs. If you want to know the history of Yes That Bad, I think it's in the Mummy episode, episode 38. Yeah. We talk about that stuff, but here we are, episode 80. Do you guys have any podcasting advice to give this young upstart? If she, Yeah, if she wants to start a podcast, she should try to start shooting YouTube videos and realize that it's way too hard to edit a video. Yeah, follow my footsteps. And then you'll just fall into podcasts. Or just give up entirely and not do anything at all. <laughs> I would suggest finding a friend who's already doing a podcast and just have them invite you on. Oh, do the Kevin route. Yeah. Yeah, I would suggest doing that route as well. It's phenomenal. It's a lot less work. Well, my actual advice would be A, buy quality microphones. Behringer equipment. Yeah, buy all Behringer equipment and... Behringer. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah, buy quality microphones and be pick a schedule, be consistent. That's pretty much the number one rule. Be consistent. And have a basis to talk about. Yeah, have a have something. Yeah, have, have a point. Have a point, yeah. Don't just ramble because chances are you're not a professional comedian, so you're not going to be able to ramble. Yeah. Have a reason for people to tune in and listen to you. Ideally, it should be something that you're already interested in because to be completely honest, we would be doing this anyway. So this is at some point and on some level enjoyable for us. If it wasn't, this would be almost impossible. To do. Yeah, Martin's right. If whatever you're going to talk about, pick something that you love. If you don't love electrical engineering, then don't start a podcast <laughs> about electrical engineering because doing a podcast is extremely hard work, extremely time consuming. And it has this unique ability to take something that you could be very passionate about and it becomes tedious. Yeah. So whatever you're going to talk about, you better love it because this can turn into a job if you're not careful. Okay. Uh, Joe writes in and says, Joel, I would like to say that you just went up 100 million notches in my book 
book by admitting that you are a Gilmore Girls fan. Personally, I think it is one of the most <laughs> underrated television series of all time, and it is by no means a guilty pleasure. No one should be ashamed of wishing that they could move to Stars Hollow and have a coffee oh at Luke's Diner. God. A guilty pleasure show oh. would be some garbage like New Girl, which Kevin, oh. named after oh. the actor Kevin Klein of Wild Wild West fame, <laughs> is guilty of pleasuring himself to. What a load of garbage that show is. Anyway, I have to ask you a very important question. In your opinion, who should have ended up with Rory Gilmore? I was a huge fan of Jess, who was played by Milo Ventimiglia, the same Milo Ventimiglia who stunned critics with his portrayal of Rick Rape from the movie <laughs> Gamer. You know, the same movie that featured Gerard Butler as a gamer. I will be disappointed if you say Dean because I cannot stand that guy. He is, to me, what the cake boss is to you. Both of those clowns can take a hike <laughs> later, bros. That's one of the best emails I've ever gotten. To answer your question, yeah, Dean was pretty boring, and Jesse was the bad boy, right? Yeah, he uh, he was Luke's cousin, yeah, or M Luke's nephew. Milo, My Milo played the bad boy. So of the three guys, I'd have picked him because the other guy was this rich one percent scumbag guy who I hated. But then again, Rory did Dean dirty, and I didn't appreciate the way she broke his heart. So if I had to pick one, I guess I go with Milo. Whatever. I haven't watched that show in like ten years. Did you did you identify with Dean? No, he was a loser. Yeah, but he, she still broke his heart. So you did identify with Yeah, him. I'm right. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser, baby. Yeah, why don't you kill me, Kevin? We already admitted that you're a killer here. You're cold-hearted killer. Okay, fine. Okay. That's what the emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yes at bed at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week. And Connor writes in and says, if you could be in any movie as yourself, and by being in the movie, have your actions change the plot, what film would you be in? And what would you do? I myself would be in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, totally cock block Michael Sarah, and bang Cat Dennings myself. Did you write this email? I wish I did because that's what I would do. Oh my god, I think you read my mind. Well, what movie would you jump in? It'd be nice to be in The Matrix and do all that crap, maybe. But you wouldn't be Neo. Yeah, you'd be one of his buddies who he would teach to be cool. I would jump in right into Mrs. Doubtfire and out Robin Williams. Well, you have no right. I would out him immediately and say that this fool is trying to pretend to be a woman, this cross-dressing baboon. <laughs> And he's going to ruin your family life. So you better stop it. Okay, head on over to yesthatbad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. Okay, now it's time to announce the winner of the listener's choice poll. And the theme was killer reptiles in the 90s. The choices were Anaconda versus Godzilla. And the winner is... Godzilla. Wow, amazing. I can't wait to watch this killer reptile movie next <laughs> week. Tune in next week when we'll be watching Godzilla. Once again, remember, if you want to download our latest latest premium podcast where we review The Last Airbender, head on over to yesthatbad.bandcamp.com. You can also buy Yes That Bad t-shirts at yesthatbad.com, or you can just donate to the show. That'll really be helping out the show. And if you donate $50 or more, you choose what episode we do next. It's like choose your own adventure, but way more expensive. <laughs> Okay, once again, just listening for the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Yeah It's Bad. You can follow Marnie at Marnie. You can follow Kevin at Yeah It's Kev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at Stitcher.com. Stitcher.com. Yeah, it's that bad. Put in the promo code Yeah It's Bad, and you really will be helping out the show. Once again, just listen to the show. See you next time. 
smell it. That's a myth. Who's peeing out there? That's a myth? What's a myth? <laughs> Perpetrated by the media. <laughs> you can smell farts? Yes. <laughs> the media has sold you lies. <laughs> farts smell. <laughs> when in fact it's an odorless gas. <laughs> I only... Killer.